the Pro Wrestling Bowl. 35 short stories, including Harley Race, Ricky Morton, Tracy Smothers, and Tim Storm. Along with 300 photos from the independent scene. Taken from Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama. Get your book today by going to WrestleVille.com or LanceByChance.com. WrestleVille, it's where wrestling lives. Are you a fan of pro wrestling, comedy, and combat sports? Then we have the podcast for you, because we cover that and much, much more. Do you like to debate with your friends? Do we have the perfect segment for you? It's the 531, where we take any given subject, break it down to a top five. From there, we debate it down to three, and then into that number one spot. If you want to get a hold of us, find us on our social media. Search Working Fans Podcast on any major social media platform. And if you want to find the podcast, search for us on any major podcast platform as well as YouTube. Working Fans Podcast. We put in the work so you don't have to. We want to take a minute to thank our newest sponsor on the show, 482 Designs. That is F-O-U-R, the number is 82 Designs. 482 Designs. You can find them on Facebook by looking up F-O-U-R, 82 Designs, at F-O-U-R, 82 Designs on Instagram. And if you want to email them, Go to four82designs at gmail.com. Pretty soon, we're going to be rolling out some high-quality T-shirts and stickers that were just done by the sponsor. Please check them out for any of your screen printing needs. First off, it's a light years better than our first one. Also, we survived the washer and dryer. They look good, and they're good quality. Nice. And those stickers before Paco chewed them up were amazing. And luckily, we'll be getting some more in, hopefully, before we start selling them to fans. But that's F-O-U-R-8-2 Designs. All right, everybody. We're working fans podcast with a man called Dave Sevy Rooney. We got Sean Samrock sitting in here. We're going to talk about his gym, some fights and stuff. Sean, first off, what's going on? Hey, what's up, man? Thanks for having me, man. I'm excited to be here. All right, guys. So, Chevy, before we get started, tell everybody what we got coming up next week and the week after. All right, so March 26th, we're going to be working on UFC Fight Night Blades versus Dawkus. Then on April 2nd, we're going to be going back to our 531 format with MMA personalities of all time, the best. Then on April 9th, we have UFC 273 Volkanovski versus the Korean Zombie. Okay, that's some good stuff, some good fights coming up. So, Sean, like we're saying, good to have you here, man. And give people a background. So how did you get into combat sports? Well, I was, like, always a fight nerd. Like, I was a karate nerd growing up, dude. I did, like, years of karate as, as a kid. And, like, I was always just, like, like Van Damme, like, movies. Like, I, I always thought that fighting was just really cool. And the neighborhood I grew up in, it was little little neighborhood in Jewish City, Connecticut, but we just were always fighting all the time. It was, like, I grew up in an era where in the in the 90s and late 80s, early 90s, and high school, I graduated high school in 99. But, like, it was just a lot of boys, dude. And we would just fight all the time, you know? And it was just, like, shake hands after. It wasn't, like, like gang wars or shit, but it just football games basketball games baseball games and we would get down to scrapping and i just i don't know i just kind of never really lost my enjoyment of the rush of that testosterone (laughs) jewish city i I know those jewish city scraps as well (laughs) do you think there's a difference between i hear shell sudden talk about sometimes like there's martial arts but then there's a prize fight right where it's like you know martial arts is all about respect but a prize fight it's like i'm gonna say or do whatever i got to you know yeah so I was never, 
like I wanted to be a ninja, I guess, but I, I was never like big into the martial arts. Like, I liked sparring night, you know. Like it got to a, the, the gym I went to. I went to shout about Peter Rogers gyms. They have a new gym right now that's fantastic. I've been getting some work in at. But as a kid, Peter Rogers, they always had karate gyms here and there. And my parents signed me up for it in about fifth grade or so. And then they ended up moving the gym a little bit further away, so I could only get there Friday nights for sparring nights. So I would just go and like I just like to spar. I never really did a lot of katas or board breaking or anything like that. But yeah, I, I like to get down with it, you know. And not to I'm not at all trying to sound like a bad tough guy. I just I enjoyed it. You know, I'm not trying right. to always win or always be the best or anything. But I just I, just, I enjoy the the live action of it, man. You know, I like to fight. Did you have the opportunity to meet some fighters over the years? You know, working different gyms and stuff. Oh, dude, I've I, I've met a million different fighters over the years. I've, I've had some some great experiences. I've been really fortunate, honestly, to become really close with with Bellator. My really good friend, training partner Brennan Ward, out of, out of the gym. He he's been kind enough to take me along on this journey with them, and 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 I've made some friends that actually work for Bellator. So I, I've been to Bellator. I went to Bellator in, in Dublin last year, and I've got to really make. So I don't want to make these big name drop, but I've got to make some really great connections in the fight world, man, for for sure. But even like I come from the bar world, right? So can I tell you guys a funny fight story about me? Yeah. Sure. So I was managing a, a local strip club. This is like 2007-ish, right? And there was supposed to be an MMA event at Mohegan and Sun. And like the night before, some guys who were cornermen came to the strip club and they gave me and my friend Kyle, who was working there with me as well, saw some tickets to the fight. They're like, yeah, come down to the fight and blah, blah, blah. So, so it must have been like two days before the fight because the next day was weigh-ins and we ended up going down for the weigh-ins. And at the weigh-ins, the fight ended up getting canceled because this guy's name is Jeff Monson. I don't know if you know what Jeff Monson is. Okay. Or he was in the UFC a bit. He refused to take a drug test. He was in the main event. So they canceled the whole event. But Butterbean, who was someone I thought was awesome, was fighting that night. I brought him back up to the strip club and I got him laid. So that's my favorite fighter. Story. <laughs> that's awesome. I got Butterbean laid. Oh my God. Butterbean. <laughs> I remember seeing him as a kid. Like, so I'm 45. So I remember seeing Butterbean, like, making his name as a tough man champion. And I remember WWE did that for a while and they had Brawl for All. Where yeah. they somebody like, they wouldn't put their big names in there because they didn't want somebody like Steve Austin getting hurt. Yeah. So, but they had some of the tough guys do these real fights. And it was awful because. He put him like in big boxing gloves and told him to wrestle. And I remember Dan Severn's like, I'm not doing this shit. And I remember they had Bart Gunn, who was like a legit tough guy. He won it. And they're like, yeah, we're going to have a real boxing match with Butterbean at WrestleMania. And he got knocked out in like 30 seconds. And I'm yeah, like, he, got, he got knocked out. Bad. I think that was probably my introduction to Butterbean. He got knocked out really bad. Now, I had always heard a rumor. I forgot who Bart Gunn beat in the match before, but the, whoever he beat was the guy they wanted to win the whole thing, yeah. which is why they made him fight Butterbean at the end. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's punishment. So yeah, that that is a rumor because it was actually it was the semifinals was against Doctor Death Steve Williams, who was a legit tough guy, but older and yeah. he had like some knee problems and Bart clipped him and the rumor was Jim Ross who was the talent relations head was really were good friends with Dr. Death and was like I right, fuck this guy but I think everybody kind of knew that it was a bad idea especially since it wasn't really going to be like a wrestling type thing too so really he was going to there and trade and if you look at Bart and Butterbean Butterbean's a lot bigger he had more experience as a striker too so yeah. what were you going to do if you were going to wrestle? There wasn't a lot of other ways that was going to end. No, no. Definitely, definitely not. Which I think it's interesting, too, because and we're going out a different thing here. But, too, like, I, that's one thing I guess, like, I don't want to say it's 
all casual fans, but like when you talk to people who don't watch fights at all, and like one of the things, like I, it's great that okay, like you had Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather, and everybody made money, cool. but I always feel like there's just a certain audience that doesn't understand that there's boxing and there's MMA, and most MMA guys aren't going to just be able to go to boxing and do what they do. Most boxing guys aren't going to be able to come in and do what they do. Two different sports with two different type skill sets. Yeah, the the crossover fights don't interest me at all. Like only in like the the most rare. Like I have no interest in seeing Tyson Fury and Francis Ngannou like at all. He does n- nothing for him. You know, Conor and Floyd was the right match of things. A young guy and an old guy, a guy who could actually bo- like. There, you know, he was such. The, the, he was the champ. Like there were so many things that were that went into that fight that were interesting. But like you know, Kamara Usman get washed out by Canelo oh. Alvarez the same way that Canelo Alvarez would get washed out by. Can- you know, Usman and, right. you know, in an MMA. I'm just, it, it, it does not, they're, they're totally, totally, totally different sports. I, I try to make different analogies. If you're a basketball fan, you know, it's like boxing, like Steve Kerr probably watched Michael Jordan in force all the time. But Michael Jordan is going to beat Steve Kerr in a one-on-one. It is, you're talking about one really specific skill set against somebody who's doing a lot of different things, who's never going to be great at any one of them. It's just, they, mm-hmm. they don't, it's. It, I have no interest in those fights at all. And I know they do big numbers. And I know that that people perk up for them, but it, it's not for me, man. It's good for the MMA guys because that's the way they're going to make real money. You know, and that's like the big plus side for them. I think a lot of people get confused because the skill set from boxing it looks like you know you're just throwing hands in in MMA. It looks like it's the same thing, but I mean, you, I'm sure you could speak on this more. But the footwork and the distance management is so much different, and t- it's a whole different skill. And, and coming from the bar life too, I'm sure Sean has had plenty of guys go, "Oh, why is he just standing there?" And you hear yeah. this nonsense, where you're like, "That's that's he's gonna get knocked out if he does." Yeah, you know? yeah I mean, the, the average person, you know, knows so little about fighting, and, and it's it's just it it's tough to explain when they're when you're looking at something so great. So I try not to get caught up in like people saying like making ridiculous claims. Like I saw. On Twitter a few weeks back, there was like a legitimate conversation going on, like with like thousands and thousands of comments about could LeBron James hang with Mike Tyson in his prime because LeBron James is so big. Like, what the fuck are you even talking about? Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. Are you can hang with Mike Tyson now. Like, no, like, but people just aren't gonna grab. Everyone thinks everyone knew a tough guy they grew up with. You know, a lot of people have been in a little dust off. Like, oh, I can do that, but it's, it's just not. It's it's not the same. There's thing. levels, yeah. There's levels. You know, a, a trained a, a trained fighter, just the the mental, the being relaxed while punches are coming at you, are like the hardest thing in the world to do. You know, it's harder than getting skilled offensively is being relaxed defensively. And and then when you're you're crossing sports over, just different head movement isn't going to work a whole lot for bottom. You know, somebody with great head movement until they get their head kicked off, you know what I mean? It's just, you know, your shoulders, you don't box as much in MMA, so you're going that way, your arms, you get tired. You could see Connor, Connor couldn't keep his hands up by the sixth, seventh round, you know, it's just, and he was in fantastic shape. It's just, it's, they're two totally different things, and it, that, yeah. that's just not for me, dude. Sorry, sorry, I totally went off on like a tangent there. It's <laughs> all good. Yeah, we're going to talk about last week's fights, but uh, before that, you do own a boxing gym. Look at you. No, 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 no. My, my, oh, you one of my best, no, one of my best friends. He owns the gym. I just helped him with public relations, yeah. media. We did a big. I, I ran a big fundraiser for him because they had a fire, you know. And I train out of there, but I, I don't own it. It's Reyes Boxing. My friend Cisco is the owner of the gym. I just publicly help him with a. 
you know, he's not big on social media and stuff like that. So I try to. Where's the gym at? It's in Taffville, Connecticut. Awesome. Well, we'll talk more about that at the end, too. We'll get you to promote all the stuff. Let's talk about, we'll do about the main card of this past week's Santos Ankalaev card. The middleweight fight opened up the card. It was kickboxer turned MMA guy Alex Pereira versus Bruno Silva. I was not too familiar with Bruno Silva going into the fight, but he had like a lot of knockouts. But for the most part, I thought, from what I saw this, I thought Pereira looked just better technically. Uh, he had Glover Teixeira in his corner, I noticed, too. He's one of Glover's guys. I like the story here. It's kind of organically happening. If, like, Pereira can keep putting wins together, that he has these wins over Izzy, like, in kickboxing, even though, obviously, like, we've just been discussing, completely different animal. I don't know. Pereira is the guy that kind of excites me. What did you guys, did you guys see this fight? What do you think about the fight? I'll start with you, Sean, since you... Yeah, so... He, he definitely looked good. I don't know if I saw anything in that. I mean, you know, again, I as well wasn't really familiar with Bruno Silva. I, I, you know, when I looked at his record after, I was like, oh, yeah, I kind of remember that fight. You know, I mean, he's, obviously, he's no he's no pushover, but I also didn't see anything in that fight that showed me that, that his skills are going to translate enough into MMA that, he's, that he'll be ready to fight Izzy before Izzy is no longer champion or outgrows the weight class or, or so. I feel like he's a, a, a long way because Izzy would have made short work of that guy. So it's it, it's uh, math doesn't always add up, but I just didn't really see anything there to, that showed me that this is a fight that could probably happen. You know, I, I know that's the the trajectory, and that's that's the interesting thing, right. and, I, and I'd like and I would like to see it. You know, I just feel like by the time unless he goes like gets a, a big jump up in competition next time and, and, and knocks them out, I, I don't see that their arcs are going to cross. Yeah, yeah, I'm with Sean on that. It's, like he said, I think Izzy would have worked Bruno early in that fight and embarrassed him. Vera, I, it was a close fight, I, I thought. you know, Technically, like you said, I, he looked a little bit better, but he did get tired. It was only three rounds. Yeah. You know, If he's going to fight a championship fight against Izzy, he he's going to get knocked out before then. So I think if you're looking for... He called for a fight against Cannoneer. That's definitely not going to happen. So and not a good stylistic matchup either. No. I, I'm thinking you give him the number 15 guy, which I think is Shabazian, so at least he'd get a number next to his name if he wins, and that, that's a tough fight for him, I think. So After that, we had Drew Dober versus Terrence McKinley. Terrence McKinley was knocking people the fuck out, <laughs> took this fight short notice, looked like he was going to do it again, and then we learned that when you don't get people out of there right away, it's a different ball game. And I mean, part of that could have been short notice, but Drew Dover, man, tough as fuck. I always like he's such a clean cut looking guy too. Kind of reminds me a little bit of like that Sage Northcutt, not quite much, but just, you know, like he looks too clean and nice on this sort of play game. But man, what a what a badass to take all that shit and then come back. We'll just keep it like this. Sean, we'll start with you. What do you think of this one? I thought it was great all around. You know, I mean, obviously it was an incredible round. I don't think Terrence McKinney really loses anything on it. You know, it was like you said, he took it short notice. So even if Drew Dober beats him every day of the week, he still has that to fall back on. It is, you know, and he looked great for a short burst. So I, I think it was good for him. I think it was good for Drew Dober to beat a guy who everybody's talking about. So I think it's like one of those rare scenarios where everybody kind of wins in, in, in that. The UFC still has a, a hot prospect. And the next time they, they push Drew Dober out there, they can show that highlight. It, it really, it works for everybody. I, I'm big on Terrence McKinney. I think, you know, he had just fought. He, who knows what his gas tank was is like, the weight, how the weight cut was, that kind of stuff. I haven't heard him out there making those kind of excuses, which I also like. So I thought, you know, obviously it was one of the, the best. Work. Like that, that's the kind of fight you want to show your friends who have never seen a UFC fight before mm -hmm. or haven't watched it since like 
they saw Hoist Gracie lay on top of Shen Ken Shamrock for 30 minutes. You know, like that's the kind of fight you want to show your friends. And and I thought I thought it was great. I thought it was, everybody looked good. I thought it was a, a win, a win all around, man. Yeah, I agree 100. percent I don't think Terrence's stock goes down at all either. If he had gotten a different ref, he might have won that fight. I mean, he was. Dover was looking like, yeah, Dover was in big trouble. All credit to him. He's super tough. Just showed he's just the toughest guy. And then to come back and land that knee and then finish Terrence. Terrence definitely was looking like he was a little bit tired at the end of that first round. But like you said, he had just fought. It could have been a weight cut thing. Also, he could have just gassed out from hitting Dover so many times. So I'd like to see him get to a second round and we get to see exactly where he's at. Um, On a full camp. Yeah, he just keeps destroying people early on. So, yeah, I, I'm also really high on the guy. I, I like him a lot. Not a bad sign, though, when the worst thing you're having uh, early on is, like, you're just having trouble not knocking your guys out. To the, you know, like, right. so it's kind of hard, right? Like, you, you want him to get those rounds and experience in, but if he's able to take them out, you'll get paid by the hour, right? That's right. right. And he's, he's a really, really likable kid, too, like just his interviews and stuff. You know, he's he's got a lot going for him. Right. It's a crazy story, too. He, yeah. I, I think he, like, his heart stopped from an overdose, and then, you know, right. he got clean afterwards and, and found fighting. I think Kieso was his, like, wrestling coach when he was in high school, too. So, like, he's got a good story. Speaking of good stories, that means it's the next fight. So we kind of, yeah, Khalil Roundtree, great fight. Looks fucking phenomenal. Those body kicks, I know people were talking about online. And I've seen Khalil use that before. I can't remember if it was during the Ultimate Fighter when he went, oh, my God, they're so vicious. Uh, every time I see guys do kicks like that, we don't see it all the time. But it's so brutal looking. But then, you know, we'll talk about the after fight, too, a little bit. Like, oh, my God, this guy's so inspirational. He's such a sensitive man. Shows you that they're all kinds of fighting, too. I, that's another thing I like to see with people who don't watch and like i told my girlfriend about this afterwards who's like you know a nurse and has her five kids and she doesn't watch fight and i'm showing her interviews this interview this guy's doing a depressor and she's looking at me and she goes you gotta show me this sad stuff like you know she wasn't expecting to have this sensitive moment but like what a great guy he wants to do big things and Let's talk about the fight and Khalil Roundtree. i mean he's got a ton of upside he's an athletic freak you know and for being such a nice guy, he turns it on in mm-hmm. there. You know, I saw a funny tweet from Luke Thomas. He like showed the, the finish of that fight. He's like, that's what every guy thinks that they're gonna look like in a street fight because he just was just mopped him up, dude. I mean, yeah. I, you know, he's had flashes. You know, not that he's like over past his prime or whatever, but he's had flashes of looking really great. You know, and I think that uh, once he gets the mental side really together, because I was listening to him on Helwani's show, and I don't know if you guys listened to it, but you know, he he had blocked all media, MMA media, because he didn't want to hear the criticism, and you know, he had a lot going on in, in his head. And I think if he gets that part of it together, he's a real force in that division for sure. Yeah, I, I agree again. Like you said, his story is amazing. And ever since he went and did that time in Thailand, he came back and his Muay Thai is uh, is amazing. His kicks are so powerful. I mean, his legs are huge. So like, you know, like you said, for such a nice guy, he is brutal when he gets in that cage. He, you know, did that leg kick on Bukakis, uh, the fight before this where, you know, it was a finish. He finished him by tearing his ACL or whatever. And then that, that brutal sequence where you know he just kicked him in the body and then finished him with the follow-up punches yeah and then gets on the mic and it's about to shed a tear or or two yeah. so yeah he has a great story you know he was 300 pounds and selling like supplements and stuff like that just or fight gear or something decided he wanted to get in shape and look at him now he's super shredded and 
he could be an inspirational speaker after his fighting career, you know? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Sean, did you want to add something to that? Do you guys know the story about his father? I wasn't from I wasn't familiar about the story about his father. Oh, I don't think so. No. His father was the manager for Boys to Men. Oh, and oh, really? he was and he was murdered in nineteen ninety four when someone tried to rob them after a show. Oh Jesus! Cool. Ramshi was two years old. Yeah, and he mm. was, his, his father was murdered, but he was the boys to men's manager. Wow! And, and somebody tried to rob them after a show, and he got murdered. Wow! What a fucking crazy he story, life, man. Right. Yeah. On that note, let's let's <laughs> try to transition to that stuff. But I always struggle with this guy's name. So, Deke Youssef. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Versus Alex Caceres, Bruce Leroy. I had mentioned before we were going in this fight that Bruce Leroy had put on like one of the better win streaks of his career in MMA. I think he had like five, maybe six wins in a row. And he was always kind of that guy who'd win some, lose some. And I thought, man, he was looking pretty technical going into this. And Sadiq looked so much faster to me. I thought that was one of the big differences. I thought, like, I thought his hand speed and his movement was kind of the difference of this fight and his ability to strike. And also, I thought for like, you know, maybe I hadn't seen him before, but like his ground game like his ability to like not get taken down at different times too because Saris was wasn't able to take him down and have his way with him i thought great performance by yusef featherweight's a strong division i'm kind of curious to see where he'll go next yeah i think you kind of really wrap that one up you know he just if you get two guys who are similarly skilled but one of them's a, a way better athlete you know it's, it's tough to make that ground up you know it's not enough on its own but if both guys are really good but one of them's a freak athlete and one of them is 30 fights into their career sometimes you're going to see that you know I, th- I think you really hit the the nail on the head all the way across on, on, on that fight yeah yusuf i was interested to see how he was going to do because he's He's been really inactive the last few years. Uh, I think he had some injuries. He looked great. You mentioned this, Dave, but his defensive grappling, because Caceres had his back at some point, and normally that's a finish at that point for Bruce Leroy. So props to Sadiq, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what his next fight's going to be. Yeah, not only not a finish, like it never happened again after that, right. too. Right. right. Yeah, after that, co main event, Bantamweight, Song Ladong, who's been looking like a killer to me lately, training out there with the guys at Alpha Male, too, and his striking looks great against Marlon Marais, who I've. I used to like Marat Rice. I mean, he's had a great career. great stuff in PFL and World Series of Fighting. Came over UFC, had a bit of a run. But now, whatever it is, it seems like I like Henry Cejudo, I think, almost kind of put the blueprint out there. Like, you know, survived that round, kind of broke him down. And since then, it's almost been like a similar thing where guys aren't afraid to mix with him or put the pressure on him. And that seems to be his main issue. I think he might have left the gloves in the octagon after this, too. Yeah. So that's the case. Hey. He definitely he had some titles out there, and he's had a good career, so I wish him the best. But Song Ladong is a guy, I think, that, you know, again, another loaded division, though, with Bantamweight, but I think we could see some stuff with. What would you guys think? Yeah, I mean, I'm a fan of Yadong, you know, but uh, <laughs> he, he um, I had to. He looked great, and he called for a fight with, with Domin- Dominic Cruz afterwards, you know, and I, it's interesting to see alpha male guys call, like a whole generation later, still calling yeah. for, for Dom Cruz fights. But, yeah, I think, you know, Marais had his, his run and it was just over. And I, th- I think more impressive was that, you know, was Dawn's performance and, and his call out was interesting. And, and I think that there's more exciting fights out. I, I want to see Cruz and, and Aldo, or I think see Cruz and Dillashaw against. I, I'm not a big fan of that fight, but it was a good call. It was a good move. I felt like, you know, it's better than I'll fight anybody. And I hate that call out. So. <laughs> yeah, that that is the worst call out for sure. Yeah. I've said on the podcast before, I'm also not a 
huge fan of Marlon. Um, he he had some spectacular knockouts, but I mean, you don't want to question a guy's heart. You know, I'm not a fighter, but comparing him to other fighters, he, he doesn't look like he wants to be in there after a certain amount of time. So if he did retire, he did, like you said, he did have a good run, you know, best luck to him going forward. As far as song, he look he's looking like he's hitting his prime at this point. He's still very young. I agree. I don't think the Cruz fight is necessarily the best fight for him so far. I think he needs one more before he gets to that level personally, but he looks super good. He, he is a little ball of muscle. He's so powerful and, and fast even for that division. So I'm not sure who I want to see him against next, but I, I think Cruz is a little too high for him. Maybe he's got Pedro Munoz, mm-hmm. so, so like one step below, maybe, you know, it's an interesting call out though, in the sense that like Sean was pointing to the, Long-standing feud against Cruz with Alpha Male, and Alpha Male has probably had to game plan plenty of times for Cruz. So I kind of see the strategic strategy of just like, okay, we know how to prepare for this guy. But like you, I, I agree. Like maybe Cruz a little farther up in the rankings. But hey, take your shot. Fuck it. You know, if they give it to you and you feel confident and you have that power going into it too, why not? Yeah, yeah I agree. Just with the backstory of the gym, so it was a good. It was a great call out. It's just not. Yeah a fight that I imagine the UFC is into and me as a fan, it's not, I'm not that I wouldn't be interested in the fight, but that's, that's not the way I see it going. But I just think it was a, a good call out, you know, it was a good, good quality call out with yeah. base behind it. You know, I think you actually did bring up an interesting point with Pedro Munoz. I didn't even think about him, but stylistically, that's a great fight. Like they'll yeah. just bring it. Yeah. It'd be an exciting one. All right. Main event, Magomed Ankalev versus Tiago Santos. Magomed, I mean, I just thought looked kind of dominant. I was getting, I'm not going to lie. I'm getting older. I was getting a little tired towards the end of this fight here. But, it was a rough one. It was a rough one. Yeah. yeah, but I also thought Magomed, you know, he looks dangerous. He's trying to call for a title shot already. I don't know if that's going to happen. I'd like to see. I know Anthony Smith was talking about in the pre-show he'd like to have this fight now. <laughs> of course, he, credit to Magomed. He's like, no, no, we want the title shot. Like, I'm sure you do. We'll see where this goes. I just thought it was a dominant performance. And I don't know. I look forward to somebody who tests him a little bit next time. Yeah. I mean, Silva, I think John Jones ruined him. You know, his knee, he blew out both ACLs and MCLs in that fight or whatever. And what is he, one and four since with a win over Johnny Walker? I just, he might just be done, you know. I don't think we learned a whole lot about Uncle Liv in that fight. Other than that, he can last five rounds with a guy that can hit. But I that's on the opposite end of the Terrence McKinney, uh, Drew Dober fight of, you know, your friends who don't watch UFC, that's not right. the main you want them to tune in for either, right. you, you know. Yeah, I think Uncle I have said that he purposely went five rounds to prove to himself that he's ready for a title fight or whatever, but uh, that's a stupid nah. thing to do. Yeah, I, I don't think he did that. I thought Santos looked better than he has the last few fights he he tried to be more aggressive in this fight, but I agree. I think, you know, his time is probably just passed. It's hard, I would imagine, to have two basically brand new knees and, and try to do MMA, let alone at the top level. So I still think there's probably fights out there for him, but I don't see him ever getting to that title shot again, probably. He was a middleweight, right? Maybe re- maybe take another look back down at that you know it, i don't know if he can still make the weight but I, I he might need a fresh coat of paint if he wants to really try to make another run at something i just don't think it's there for him at, at 205 you know yeah I, 
I, I think maybe that could be a route for him. But who knows? You know, have you haven't made that weight in a long time, and as you get older, it gets harder. So harder, maybe he can, yeah. maybe he can't make that anymore. But I, I think that, like I said, his, his main event days at two hundred five. I think that was the the end of it. Was that fight right there? Yeah, you're yeah, probably right. right. So let's get to this weekend's card, guys. Volkanov versus Aspinall. I'm excited. This card's in London again because I like Sean talked about you know getting to go to Ireland and stuff too, and there's something about Dublin, Ireland. There's something about the UK, whether it's boxing or MMA. Those crowds are always so friggin' hyped, and sure. they add a layer to these fight cards. I think. Dude, the Bellator event in Dublin. I I saw the UFC in in Ireland a few years back, but there was no local guys on on the Artem Lobov fought. But it, you know, it wasn't really the the same. But the Bellator in Dublin, the crowd was like one of the most amazing experiences. I'll never forget it as long as I live. I've got some amazing videos. And and the same thing for for England when when some of these guys come out, when Patty Pimblett comes out, when mm-hmm. Molly McCann comes out, the the, the roof is gonna blow off. The, I mean, I'm an Irish kid, so I I can say that you're talking about cultures that like to drink, that like to party. You know what I yeah. mean? I don't know if that's a PC to say these days or whatever, but. You know, those guys in, in England, they, they love their pubs too, you know, and, and, and they, they have these guys, you know, like Patty Plimblett's like the kind of guy who you'd want to have a pint with, you know, Molly McCann's like a, she would be a good time to be like one of the guy girls to be around. And it, it's that, that atmosphere is going to be nuts, man. And this card, I think, is, I don't want to say incredible, but I'm looking forward to this card big time. Yeah, I think it's a sleeper. It's definitely, yeah. The first fight on this card, this is the two names I'm going to struggle right after to get here. I think it's Jay Hubert. I think that's how you would say that. Is it Jai? Jay? Jai, sure. <laughs> All right. Again, Ilya Topura. Did you see? Did you see him in Patty Pimblett's little? Stuff I did. <laughs> yeah, a little little dust up. Yeah. Yeah, and the thing about this Topura guy, he basically, I was saying Chevy yesterday, we talked about he just finished Ryan Hall in his last fight, which Ryan Hall, like on the ground, is just like been this motherfucker that nobody wants to deal with because yeah. right, couldn't get fights. Nobody he wants to get fights. Fight. Right. But this guy was like, yeah, I'm good on the ground, and I'll beat him at strike. And he did. He fisted his head through the canvas. You yeah, know? He, yeah. yeah, he showed a blue, a blue pin to, to beat Ryan Hall. His, his wrestling is weak. So if you can control him on the ground, not get submitted, you're going to beat him up because he's going to be there to get hit on the ground. He's 11-0. and 0. He's like got seven subs, three KOs, and a decision. So he seems good wherever you go. Hebert is 11-3. He's got like nine KOs, one sub, one decision. I feel like, again, he's probably going to try. Hebert's probably going to lean on his striking a little bit. I don't know. Tapuria, uh, I'm going to screw up this guy's name all the time. But I feel like he's just basically better all around from what I'm seeing. And I think he'll either get a submission or he'll win it by decision. Yeah, I think he'll get the finish. I, 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 especially like I don't know. I feel like after seeing the little incident too, he's gonna be already fired up and ready to mm-hmm. go. You know what I mean? And probably maybe call want to call out Patty Pimblett. I, like, I, I think the stage is set for him to have a big night. I, I feel it in, in, in my heart that that's what he's gonna have a big night. Yeah, I, I think he's also gonna get the win. I think he's gonna implement his wrestling, tire Herbert out a bit, and then finish him on the feet probably <laughs> round two. We'll see. I hope so. I think, like you guys said, too, the, and it's always good when it's organic. There's an organic storyline kind of brewing here with him and Pimblet. So I'm kind of hoping they do both pull off the wins and look impressive. But um, with next, Molly McCann, women's flyweight against Juana Carolina. Let's see here. McCann is 11-4, and 4 KO, 7 is in. McCann's a scrapper, basically. Meatball Molly loves to scrap. Carolina, let's see, she's 8-2 and two right now, 5 decisions. This looks like it's kind of going to be – a scrappy fight. Molly, before we had COVID, like I remember her being on some of these European cards too. She tends to come 
to fight when it's in her home turf. I think that's what we're going to see here. I think it'll be a scrap. I don't. I think this one will go to decision, though, and I like Molly. Yeah, Molly's got great boxing. You know, she's actually uh, like second cousins with Katie Taylor. Molly's solid. You know, I've seen her lose some fights. I felt like she probably shouldn't have lost. So I'm interested to see how this plays out, you know, how the emotions are going to fly for her and stuff. But Molly McCann is a, is a fighter who I'd also heard about. I'd never, I'd never seen, like, I didn't watch, like, Cage Warriors, but I'd hear her name on, like, different podcasts and stuff. Mm-hmm. Her and Patty Pimbler, like, oh, these are guys to watch out for. And I, I think that's going to be a, an exciting fight for sure. I, I'll go... I want Molly McCann to win, so I'll say Molly McCann my decision as well. I think Molly's going to get a decision win too. I think she's going to look great though. Like Sean said, the crowd is going to be crazy. I think she's going to be super pumped up from that. And she's a big fan favorite over there. And I think she feeds off that. Plus her and Patty fight out of the same gym. So last time that Patty fought, they fought in the same card, I believe also. And, you know. So they're there supporting each other through their weight cuts and all that. So I I think she's going to put in a good showing. Like you said, it'll be a scrappy fight, but I think she gets a decision win. Absolutely. And then we got Gunnar Nelson coming back here. He hasn't fought since 2019. Gunnar is mostly a submission guy, for those who don't know. He's a 17-5, and five, four KOs, 12 subs, one decision. So heavy on the subs, if you look at that. Most of his fights are submissions. Taking on Takashi Soto, who's 16-4, 11 KOs, two subs, three decisions. He hasn't fought since 2020 either. So neither one of these guys have been crazy active. I would just say I've seen a little bit of Takashi in a couple fights here. If the gunner of old shows up, again, it's been a while. I like gunner on the ground here. I think he'll submit him, and I think he'll do it in the first round probably. Like, I think he's just, he's an ace on the ground. It's just, we haven't seen him in a while, so we don't know. But this crowd will be fired up. I always, I have a little soft spot for this guy too. Like, he was one, like, I was watching when Connor was making that rise, Mm -hmm. and I got to see him on, I think it was 189. And they had the background where Connor like had that big fight with Mendes and he was just losing his shit because he was so happy that Gunner had submitted Brandon Thatch at yeah. the time. And I was just like, man, I hope this guy does well too. And then, you know, he had a couple bad breaks where he got stopped by Ponsonibio, but he caught one in the eye too. Like three or four times, dude. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, I'm hoping he's had Gunner some here. injuries and stuff too. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So I, I hope he puts it back on track here. But it's tough. But I'm, I'll, a big, I'll say, I'm a big Gunnar Nelson fan. I, I'm gonna. I, yeah. I, I'm not familiar with Takashi. I mean, if I looked at his record and you know his topology, I'd be like, oh, I remember this fight or that fight. But he, he doesn't jump off. And I know he's also a late replacement as well. So I like Gunnar in the comeback as long as the injuries weren't too much of a toll on him. He's a little undersized for the division, but yeah, like you said, he's a, he's an ace. He's kind of got that karate style, so he's fun to watch on the feet until he gets it to the ground. You know, I, I'm excited for Gunnar Nelson. They'd probably be. The second most fight. No, nah, third most fight I'm looking forward to on the card, actually. I really like Gunnar Nelson. Yeah, yeah I actually was going to mention his stand-up karate style as well. I I really enjoy watching his striking until he gets hit because yeah. he doesn't the take, fact, a, take a shot. Defensively, well. he's not real strong. Yeah. But um, offensively, he's, he's fun to watch. Yeah, he's in and out, you know, on the on his toes, in and out, with that, like, sideways stance and everything. I, I do think that you're going to see him use that movement to get in early, wrap this guy up, take him down, and finish him in the first round. I think after this long layoff, He's just going to go in there. He knows he's the better grappler. He needs to get a win just to 
you know, get back on track, hopefully get his career, you know, going again. So I'm hoping he gets a first round submission. Then we got interesting. I, I don't know why this is, but it's Rogerio Vargas, but he's better known as Kazua Vargas. It says, I'm not sure about the nickname. He's he probably has a super long actual name, right? Well, yeah. So, I mean, he's from Mexico City, 12-4. and four. He's got, like, seven KOs, three submissions. He's a guy that likes to finish. Although in the UFC, where obviously he would, his competition would have stepped up, he's one and two, and every fight was a decision, except he did lose one, was by DQ with an illegal knee. So, not sure how to say that, but obviously he's taking on Patty Pimlet, who has got the star quality. I thought, you know, Pimlet had that first fight in the UFC where he looked good and he took a few shots, so it's like, it's okay, a it's a 10, right. Yeah. And so I think, I mean, I feel like the UFC is going to try to be smart. Even with, you know, usually they throw you, the, but there's like the matchmaking in here. They want this kid to succeed too. Yeah. This this story just writes itself. So I got Pimlet. I'll say I'm going to go around one finish, maybe two, but I'll go around one. And yeah, I say this is a big night for Pimlet. He gets it done. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know how high Patty Pimlet's ceiling is. I, he definitely has, he, he's, he's got that thing that people like, you know, and uh, dude, I, I can't for the life of me remember who Vargas was. And I did look at his record. I don't remember the KO with the illegal knee against uh, Brock Weaver. But if he's a, he's a Mexican guy, stereotypically, that's going to be a fun fight with Patty Pimlet. They're going to they're gonna go, you know. Mm-hmm. I would imagine they put Patty Pimlet in a position to win this fight in, in, in this crowd. Yeah, he is exciting. His walkout's nuts. It's going to be a show, man. That'll, that'll, that has a good chance to be probably a performance of the night bonus as well. But I'll, I'll say Patty Piblet, second round knockout. I agree. Yeah, I'm thinking I'm going to go with Patty as well. I think same reason that you guys said the UFC is probably trying to give him a favorable matchup. Someone that will, you know, go to war with him, but is beatable. So I'm thinking Patty is going to be super jacked up from the crowd. He's never, for sure, never fought in front of a crowd this size. It's going to be absolutely crazy when he comes out. I'm I'm looking forward to that, too. I, I think he's going to get it done on the ground. I think he's going to hurt this guy and, and submit him on the ground. Well, that's where his strength is. He's a grappler. That's right. really where his strength is. But, like, hmm. after seeing his first UFC fight, you know, he, he even getting tagged up. He was all about standing up, and he made a point to tell Bisping, you know, that he wanted to show off his evolving striking skills. I think his best move would be to go try to take this guy down and fish him out because that's where he's, he's strongest. But I think he's going to throw caution to the wind with this crowd and, you know, maybe drops him and gets a submission or something. But I think we're going to mm-hmm. see a stand-up fight. And the more I talk about it, I feel like he's going to lose, actually. I'm going <laughs> to go – I'm turning ship. I'm going to be a contrarian. Okay. Pimble gets knocked out. Okay. Think so? Yeah. You know what he said, scouts like, yeah, just don't I get mean, knocked out. Yeah. I, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. yeah, I just talked myself out of it. I think he's going to come out too hyped up and get caught. I'm going to go with the, the, the Mexican Vargas, my second-round knockout. Okay. I mean, I can see it because you're right. Like, if he gets in that frame of mind and gets away from what he does and he gets excited, and like you're going like too stereotypical Mexican guys, great chins. They love to stand and bang. And cardio, too. And Patty might get an adrenaline dump from the crowd, right. you know, early on. So, yeah, I'll keep the hope alive. But yeah, <laughs> we got Dan Hooker versus Arnold Allen. I like this fight for a number of reasons. This is the fight. Yeah. Yeah. Arnold Allen, 17 and one. I think it's like a nine fight win streak right now. He had one loss in the middle of his career. Five KOs, four subs, eight decisions. 
Then you got Dan Hooker, who's 22 and 11, 11 KOs, seven subs, four decisions, performance of the night three times, fight of the night two times. If you look at records and you look at that stuff, and you, this is one of those situations where you go, oh, okay, I don't say I don't know about this. Arnold Allen, he's probably going to win. Right. Strength and competition here, though. This is the biggest step up in Arnold Allen's career. Dan Hooker has fought a lot of the greats. Some haven't worked out his way. Some have. It's an interesting one. I think I'm going to go with Allen still by decision, but I think this could be fight of the night. I think it's going to be gritty, and I think I'm not going to be surprised if Hooker catches him. I I think if someone's going to get the finish, it's going to be Dan Hooker. But I don't know. I'm leaning towards Allen with a decision. We'll see. I totally co-signed. This is the fight I'm most – I wish this was the main event for five rounds. This is the fight I'm most looking forward to. 100% Hooker on the strength of schedule. You know, he took that fight with Islam, like, on 10 days' notice. He's had some issues with visas where he's been having to quarantine strangely. He's he's had a tough one, but – Dude, these are two super likable guys. Like this, this is going to be a fun fight too. And yeah, I, I think Allen by decision is probably the smartest bet. But this is the fight I'm most looking forward to. Big, big test for for Allen and and Hooker trying to right this ship after getting knocked out by by Chandler and then getting finished by Islam. Those are his last two fights, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So it, it, a lot of a lot of implications in that in, in, the, in the standings and and with young prospects or you know Hooker's kind of past that now but this is a, a fun fight man for sure and there's another another part of an excellent card so my my only concern for hooker is this fight is at featherweight right so he's he's going back down to featherweight he's been at lightweight mm-hmm. for a while so is that cut going to make a big difference now that he he hasn't had to do it in a while i, I think i saw on the internet that today or yesterday he had 19 pounds to cut still oh. so yeah. i, I if his cut is good, I agree with everything you guys are saying. He by far has the experience um, to get this win, and he's durable. I know, you know, he got knocked out by Chandler, but that that was early. He he really didn't get touched before that, so you know that that could have happened to anyone. I'm thinking. I, I just have a feeling that Arnold's gonna get it done. Same reason I've been saying for all the UK guys. I think the crowd's going to jazz him up. He's going to be ready to go. Hooker will be game wherever the fight goes. I don't think he's going to get finished, but uh, I think it's going to be a tough night in the office for him. Probably a decision for Allen. Well, when you look at Dan Hooker, what he's really good at or kind of what his reputation was at, at lightweight was that he had great knees and that wrestlers had a hard time getting in on him. So now he's making a cut down to 45, which I forgot about until you said that. And he's he's only going to be a have a more it makes it more interesting. He's got more of a size advantage because he's he's a tall guy for lightweight. Very tall, he's, yeah. He's tall. So then now he's going to be a, a tall guy for featherweight with those knee. I mean, this is a really really interesting fight. And and I and I'm still definitely going with Allen. And, and I wanted to ask you because you said you know, that you were going to go with Allen because you thought that the crowd is going to help all all the, the UK guys. But if you had to pick one of them who's going to go the opposite way because of the crowd, that's why I'm going with against Patty Pimble. I just wanted to kind of backtrack. But if I have to pick one of these guys who's going to be too emotional for, too much, too crazy, and, and I'm looking at these, it, it, it's it's not Arnold Allen. You know, it's probably not Matt Molly McCann. And, and we haven't gotten to the main event yet, but Patty Pimble's the guy I think that it could go the opposite way. I think the crowd will actually help Hooker too, because I, I don't think he cares if he's in no, hostile he's territory. A bad guy? No, yeah, I, I think he's into that, but yeah. I, I still just have feeling that between the cut, I, I hope he looks great and he's you a good know, guy. he yeah. gets a resurgence in his career. I mean, I like Arnold Allen too, but 
you know, I'd love to see Hooker get back on track. Main event, Tom Aspinall versus Alexander Volkov. Man, Volkov, it's interesting, right? He's been a Bellator heavyweight champ. People forget about he was an ML, he was an M1 global champ. This guy's 34 and 9, 22 KOs, 3-7, 9 decisions. Basically, he's he's kind of been everywhere in his career, and he's still a strong fighter. Like, his losses in the UFC are interesting. Like, Sirogan kind of beat him on the feet. Curtis Blades, bad matchup, wrestling-wise. Derek Lewis kind of capitalized on his fame, but if you look at that fight, like, Volkov was winning that fight up until 10 seconds left, and anybody could get caught by this man. Yeah. So... I think it's it was like down for Aspinall, who's like the guy right in England, right? So we kind of, I'm sure they want him to win too. This will be the one where I go the opposite. I think, even though I like Tom Aspinall, and I'm pulling for him actually, because I think I sometimes you just want to see that next guy kind of get in there and it'd be exciting. I just have this feeling experience is going to be the big difference maker here. It's five rounds, and we're going to see how good Tom Aspinall is. I just, right now, I'm leaning towards based off what I've seen of Volkov, that experience level. So I, I like Volkov for a number of reasons. One, I'm a, I'm a Bellator guy, so I like seeing the Bellator guys do do good. I like using Volkov in the, the UFC EA Sports game because he's so big. And they, his yeah, his range is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I, dude, I like watching him fight, man. And, and, you know, you named all his championships, and he was 10 seconds away from beating Derek Lewis and having a chance to be the UFC. He probably would have fought for the – I think Lewis then went to fight, ended up fighting DC on short notice, and I, DC probably would have watched Volkov too. But I just he was right there. He almost was at least a challenger for a UFC title. He's got a lot of skills, that guy. He's got one of the worst tattoos in the game as well. And <laughs> Aspinall seems like he's that next young stud. He seems he seems faster. Fat speed makes such a big difference at heavyweight. You, you know, I, I think Aspinall gets it done. But this is a fun fight. I would have rather seen Arnold and, and Allen and Hooker for five rounds. But I, I'm going Aspinall with oh, man. I'm going to go with a stoppage, dude. I think. I think he's going to get it done. I think the youth will be on his side. We have seen Volkov, you know, Volkov kind of struggled with Greg Hardy, who is just recently, mm. but, you know, it's, and I, and I think it's just because Volkov's on, on the on the back nine, you know, he got totally just cleaned up by, by Gon, which, you know, Gon's a motherfucker, so whatever. But I think, I think this is a, if Aspinall doesn't get this done, he's not on that level. He, like, it's kind of like the true gatekeeper type fight. If you can't, if you can't beat Volkov, I don't want to hear about you like being the next big thing, you know. But if you do, you, you're, you're rocket ships right off. And if Volkov gets it done, man, he's a couple fights away from being in that picture himself. So this is a lot, a lot at stake here. Going Aspinall fourth round finish. Yeah, I think Aspinall knows that. If he gets this win, he's going on to the next level. I think, you know, being the main event, the crowd's going to be crazy. I think there's a little bit extra pressure on him. So we're going to see if he's championship material. I think he is. I think this is his time. I've been super impressed with him in all his previous fights. I think he's going to knock Volkov out. I'm going to say pretty early, too. I think that speed... I think that speed is going to be the difference he's going to get inside of Volkov's reach and and hurt him pretty early. I'd say first round knockout. Okay. We've got a few fan questions here. What's your top five fighters right now? Sean, I'll start with you. Top five. Oh, Jesus Christ. Wow. Yeah, right on the spot. Yeah, I know. I could have started with you, Sean. <laughs> you know, it's, it's cool. I, you know, I guess probably, we could do this. Go ahead. Usman's probably the top fighter in the world right now. He's yes. probably, he, he's probably your pepper pound best fighter out there. Max Holloway, you know he's not the mm-hmm. champion of the division. I think he did beat Volkov. I would put oh, Max, yeah. I'd probably put Max Holloway in that conversation somewhere. Justin Gaethje for me is up there as as, as well. 
I, I can't. There's just so many guys who are over in Bellator. I think AJ McKee. I think AJ McKee is the best featherweight in the world. I think he he would clean up Volkanovski. It's so hard to pick, but like I think I would say Usman. I think Usman is pound for pound the most proven best fighter in the world right now. Yeah, definitely gonna agree with Usman. No arguments here on that. I like Holloway as well. It's so interesting because that featherweight division right now, when you mention a guy like AJ McKee, and then you have in the UFC, you have Holloway, who's really not the champ, but probably should be. And then you yeah. have like Volkanovski and Otega is like right nipping on these guys' heels. And when I look at Volkanovski taking on this fight with Zombie coming up too, like I favor Volkanovski, but I'm like, I can see Zombie getting that done. Zombie like, that, that dog. Yeah. 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 So that the featherweight has been so wild. I'm going to throw another guy out there, too. Okay, so I'll say Holloway, Usman, Apirion. I'm going to throw him out there, Phantomweight right now. Mm-hmm. Sharp. I'm going to go who's not the champion. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting, right? I will throw McKee out there, too, just to be a little different. We'll have a Bellator guy there. And mm, you know what's funny? I would have thrown Cyborg or Nunes in there at one point, but after Nunes upset Cyborg and then Nunes just got upset by Pena, I don't think we have that... Oh, okay. Valentina Shevanko. I'll throw her in there right now. It's my super, super dominating her division. That, that's and, not a bad pick, man. That's not a bad pick, Shevchenko. Yeah, because yeah, she could also, I could see her winning a title at Bantamweight still. I'm not saying she will, but I could see it. So she's one of the best Bantamweights. She's clearly the best flyweight. Mm-hmm. And she gets it done in a lot of different ways, you know, for sure. Yeah. So safe too. She she barely gets right. touched. This is tough without having. I don't have a laptop for me with the relay. Exactly. I, I, I would love to put together a list. I'm just not prepared. Like I'd have to really look at the the, the lightweight, featherweight, and bantamweight rosters because like mm-hmm. they're Super all the best stacked. guys that are right yeah. there. You know, like it, it's it's so hard. Yeah. What about you? Want to throw some names out there, Chevy? I don't know anymore. I mean, I'd go with Usman too. He he'd yeah. be my number one. Max also. I'm a huge Max fan. He's my favorite fighter. I. Gagar, I'd put Gagar out there. Gagar's a good one. Yeah. For sure. You haven't, uh, I don't know if you've listened to the podcast at all, Sean, but we talked about yeah. Gagar and Izzy possibly fighting who we Game like fight, in that. Yeah. And yeah, I, I would lean towards uh, Gagar in that fight, just he's more well rounded. Yeah, Gagar has the skills to do to Izzy. What what Jan Blahovich did yep. to him. you know because Gegar was also I think he was the champion in strike force at two hundred five if not he was a two hundred fiver so he's got some size to him I I, I wish dude I, you could take all my money you get a two hundred dollar pay per view you know you could take my yep. money out. we're never gonna see it I think it's interesting though you know PFL did call or World Series of Fighting has called for uh, a cross promotion with Bellator because you know the the whole Kale Harrison thing went down Kale Harrison was a restricted free agent. She did not want to return to World Series of Fighting, but World Series of Fighting matched Bellator's offer, so she had to. But now World Series of Fighting said, let's do a card and make it happen. And I could see Bellator doing it. They've, they've co-promoted like with Risen in the past. So, right. you know, I, I know I kind of got off the the, the, the Izzy Gegard. They want to say, like, I would. Lo- I wish we could see those kind of fights. Oh, yeah. That That's the kind of thing that makes MMA more attractive than boxing because it's rare that you don't have the two guys put together. But when these odd odd uh, scenarios where they're not together, like uh, Izzy and, and Gegard, it makes it that much more like, oh, I wish I could see it, you know? Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You never know. I do see PFL and Bellator and Ryzen all <laughs> and, you know, one championship all doing these co-promotions. The FC at some point. They, they might have to do it. I think we're a long way off from that. I'd love to see it, though. This uh, wish might be just, wishful thinking. I but. think it's just putting ego inside and kind right. of like... If Dana White ever leaves the UFC, I just we can see a lot of different things. 
I don't think there's anything in it for them because the average person just assumes all the best fighters in the UFC. They have have most of the best fighters, but they don't have all the best fighters, you know? And I just think it's almost a lose-lose for them or like a... Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, the UFC guy is supposed to, you know, the, the average person, of course, the UFC guy wins. And then if he loses, like, oh, shit, your brand take. I think it's. Uh, Even if it's close, you're, yeah, your brand take is taking you, a hit. You so. know, like Bellator, like one through three, one through five in most of their divisions. They have, you know, you, yeah, you can tell me that Pitbull would get washed right. out by, by Alexander Volkov. No, yeah, I don't, I don't think you can tell me that. You know what I mean? They've got guys. They just don't have the depth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To, go, to totally backtrack and circle back, Gegard's a great pick for one of your, your top pound-for-pound fighters in the world. I'm also going to go with a guy who doesn't, another guy who doesn't have a belt, but I believe soon will. I'm a big fan of Glover, but I think Yuri is going to get the belt. <laughs> I, I think he's going to show that it, his striking is, uh, is on a certain level. I really like the guy, so... We talked about this before. I'll talk about what Shaw does. Like, we love Glover, but this yeah. feels like the feel-good story. Like, ah, oh, he did it. We're happy. But now it's like, okay, this is probably going to end now. I, I, I agree. I, I, Yuri knocks him out, but I just think it's a terrible division. So I couldn't put it <laughs> oh. into, Yeah, it yeah, is a soft division for sure. Like, I, I just – I would have a hard time putting him into a Yuri into, like, a, a best fight. I could put him in, like, a all-violence team, like, a who should I watch list. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. But – Yuri is high on that list, but if we're going to say who's like your, your top five fighters in the world, I, I just think that the, the the strength of schedule in 205 is is so is so weak right now that it's I, I could even if he was the champion, I could like I would put Glover there, and he probably knocks out Glover. You know, Glover is Connecticut guy. We got to rep. We got to give him some kind of love. But. That's right. <laughs> we got one more question. Should I? Uh, uh, who does Kobe fight next? Interesting enough, I was just listening to this. I think it was Anakin Florian podcast. They were talking about it. How they love Kobe in terms of what he actually can do in the octagon. You know, pound for pound, one of the great fighters. But if you look at his resume, he actually has kind of skipped around some of the other ranked fighters. Like, uh, he hasn't fought Muhammad. He hasn't fought Vince Luque. Not to say he'd lose to these guys either. He hasn't fought Burns. So there's a lot of interesting matchups here that we haven't seen yet. When I'm just, I'm looking at some of the top five names now. So I'll throw some guys out there Gilbert Burns, Leon Edwards, Vincent Luque, Bill Muhammad. I know Burns is getting ready to fight Hosma. Yeah. Right. And that's where Muhammad and, and Luque are out. fighting too. What's that? Muhammad and Luke are fighting okay. as well. So. so I would say Kobe, I don't think he's going to get that Poirier fight. I could be wrong, but it, I know why he wants it. A, a big name with a smaller guy. It makes sense. I'm going to say he's going to probably get Burns if he loses the fight. You know? It's Hazmat if he loses? Maybe, maybe not. I think it depends how Hazmat looks because if he ends up... I, I have a feeling this guy's going to end up being the fucking truth. I have this feeling like he's like so dominant. But Burns is a great Hard fucking argue. Like Burns is one of those guys that now we're going to find out because Burns to me is a guy, if you go back to that fight with Usman too, which by the way, that's one of the fights where Usman really cemented himself to me too with the striking. Because if you look at it, like Burns was able to like hold up on the takedown. So they went striking. Burns was lighting him up for a little bit. Usman comes back and lays him the fuck out. I'm like, whoa, okay. He really adjusts, made adjustments in that fight, which is like when you're really getting into looking at a fighter, a guy who can make adjustments like that, like that's the great ones, you know? For sure. Yeah, yeah Trevor um, Whitman has done wonders for, for Usman. He, to, he added a whole nother level to him. He really made him the pound for pound, I feel like. Absolutely. So I don't know if you guys saw this. There was some discussion on it, like uh, on the internet. Chael Sonnen says 
that Izzy should be Colby's next fight. He says that Colby is basically the him of the Anderson Silva rivalry, that Izzy has really kind of cleaned out that division. He's gone. He's all rematches now is kind of mm-hmm. where he's at. And he's not, he's still not a big star, you know, where a guy like Colby is the, the style that can possibly beat him. And sure. is the guy that can make that right. form. Now I don't know if Colby's big enough. I've never seen him in person to that he can fight at one eighty five. But Izzy's not a really big eighty five or himself. So that would be my dream. I, I hadn't even thought of it until Chael Sonnen said it. But now that would be my dream next fight for him. I think he gets Burns. If, if Burns wins, I think he gets Burns next. If mm-hmm. Burns loses, he might get his Burns yet next. If Hosmont loses, I could see him get. If we see a chink in Hosmont's arm armor. But if Hosmet goes out there and just waxes Burns, they're not they're not going to burn Colby like that. It's still a viable super right. for, for for them. But I, I think there's a no matter which way it plays out, there's a good chance that that Burns is next fight. But if I had my druthers, I really like this whole Izzy thing. Yeah, it's a good fantasy matchup. Chevy, why don't you tell people what we got coming up, and then Sean, I'm going to have you promote too what you got coming up. All right, so March 26th, we're going to be previewing UFC Fight Night Blades versus Dawkins. That's Chris Dawkins. Obviously, the older brother. And then April 2nd, we're going to be going back to our 531. We're going to do top MMA personalities of all time. And then on April 9th, we're going to be previewing UFC 273 Volkanovski versus the Korean Zombie. We're all cheering for the Korean Zombie. I am going for TKZ. Sean, what about anything you got coming up or social media, please? Well, the social media I use the most is Instagram. It's just at Sean Shamrock, one word. I have it at Sean Shamrock with an underscore on Twitter if you want to talk. I like to talk fights. I just don't have much going on there. Instagram's kind of my thing. Uh, I used to have a podcast. I kind of stopped doing it for a while. This summer, though, I have a friend who works for Bellator, giving the sweet hat. He wants to start doing a podcast, so I'm, I'm, I might have an MMA podcast coming back this summer. But yeah, if you throw me a follow on Instagram, I'll always whore myself out there, man. I appreciate it. Awesome. And we'd like to have you back, too. Yeah, um, I, love, I love talking fights, dude. And, and yeah. I don't have many friends who are really, like, especially the guys who are in the gym don't even like talking about fights. I don't have a lot of friends who like to talk fights. So any yeah. chance I get the time to talk about uh, some MMA, man, I, I'm all about it, man. I'm glad that uh, Joe, another Griswold veteran, hit me up about this. Absolutely. Me too. Yeah. We'll talk a little bit more right after we get out of here. But guys, Thanks you for tuning in, and we'll see you at the fights, man. Thanks for dropping by. All right, so that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Working Fans Podcast. So as always, you can find us on Twitter at Fans Working. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also. That's Working Fans Wrestling Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, Working Fans Wrestling underscore pod. And then as always, please Continue to listen to us on Anchor.fm, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, all your major platforms. If you're following us on Apple Podcasts, which we are also on now, and YouTube, please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every week. 